Welcome to the Top of the Morning Show. It's your girl Titi from the D, and I want to wish you a happy Tuesday. I hope that you had a great day yesterday. If you're from Michigan, then you know that weather was amazing. I had some training, so I was indoors all day, but I could see through the window. The sun was shining bright, and it had started heating up and started warming up the house and it was just like oh my god so of course we didn't have our heat on and we didn't have the air on it was kind of toasty outside and so when I did get to step outside I was just like wow this feels like a future summer day so I was excited about that and looking forward to today and and great weather I'm hoping there's gonna be great weather today excuse me so much to talk about I'm still riding on all time uh, spiritual high as far as finishing up such an amazing production shout again shout out again to uh, the writer director creator TJ Hemphill and the amazing phenomenal cast crew and producers um, the producers of this year's Peerless Times with Shirley Smith, Pamela English, Joe Smith, Amber Ty, and of course, the director himself, T.J. Hemphill. It was just phenomenal. I'm blessed and happy to be able to say that my gift made room for me, which brings me to this morning's topic. Your gift will make room for you. Oh, excuse me. Let me say that again. Your gift will make room for you. A lot of times um, we tend to miss opportunities because we allow life to happen. And life is going to happen. It's not so much we allow it to happen. It's going to happen. It's just sometimes we don't have barriers up. We don't have guards up. We don't have a plan B, C, D, E. Right? Sometimes we don't have a plan A. But if we're lucky enough to have a plan A, we don't typically always have a plan B, C, D, E, and on up. And in today's time, you have to have a backup plan to the backup plan to the backup plan. But the one thing you must not do is quit. Yes, you must not quit. See, I've been in the entertainment industry for real since I was about 11 years old. My mother has always had me actively involved in the arts. Believe it or not, I used to be a modern dance student when I was in elementary school and I could do the splits and all kind of, when I think of the splits now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my bones hurt in my mind. So you are what you think of. (laughs) So, you know, modern dance was amazing. I used to be so geeked to be in a basement and I used to love watching fame, Debbie Allen. Oh my God. I used to love watching fame. And I was excited that I could take my leg and stand on. You know how we have those beams, those poles in the basement. And I could take my leg and and stand it straight up and just make a perfect split as if I was standing. That's how limber I was. And, you know, I just, I loved it. I loved dance. And so my mother had me in modern dance. And as I got older, I'm like, nah, I don't really like dance like that. (sighs) Sorry. But... They didn't call it hip-hop dancing, from what I remember. I love to dance, period. And so, you know, back in the day when we watched MTV Raps and The Box, I could be dating myself. Some of you guys are like, MTV Raps? The Box? Jukebox? What? Yeah, I know, before some of your times. But I enjoyed it. And 
This is when MC Hammer was heavy in the building. And 357 was heavy. You had always, shout out to JJ Fad, I love them. So I entered another level of entertainment where I began to think I could sing. I began to think I could rap, right? I, I always knew I could dance. And so I started choreographing and stilling, as we would say, we would steal the moves. We would take my mother's movies and she used to get so mad at us. And back in the day, we had the VCRs, the VHS tapes, right? And you would watch those type of shows, and then you would take your VCR, and then you would, like, dub it, as we would call it. And we would record over my mother's movies, and she would get super pissed. But we would get the video after it came off TV, and we would push play, rewind, fast forward, play, rewind, fast forward, just over and over to get those moves right and then you learn as you got older to just watch and then be able to mimic the move you saw versus you see it do it okay rewind see it do it because there was like how do you know if it was right so that came with time right and so I would have to say about the time we were like 12 13 years old I was dancing like for real for real and we would perform places we thought we were hood famous as people would say we would go to places like uh the state theater to perform heart plaza you know we have the ribs and soul fest down there still today um and so we would perform at places like that and so my mother was our mom manager so she was a momager and she was serious about it And I think it all came because my mother was a background dancer when uh, she came here from Arkansas. She danced, as she said, at uh, Club Paradise down there, 50 50 grand or 50, 50 grand or something, the grand something. Um, Grand quarters, places like that. She performed in local bars. She provided uh, fill-in background vocals when... Um, Motown artists would be here performing down in Paradise Valley, things of that nature. So that was my mother's history. That was her background. And then when she became pregnant with me, my father told her that she shouldn't be doing that. If she wanted to be a good mom, she needed to give that up and become a parent. Work, take care of your daughter, you know. And so my mother wanted to be a good mom. And so she gave that up. But her children were blessed. Ooh. To carry on that gene and my mother saw that gift in us and she she made sure that we learned how to tap into gifts that were raw talent and so saying all that to say I had to give you a little brief overview so you can understand where I come from and then we went on and as we got older I became a background dancer for local rappers and then I joined several different dance groups throughout the years and I think my last group I was with um, is what landed me to actually choreographing and even becoming a hip-hop instructor Uh, my first official uh, job as a choreographer was at Miss Barbara's dance studio on Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. So that's that's a little bit about who I am, and it just went from there. Um, I believe the last rap artist that we performed for 
was uh, a female rapper we called uh, 6-4. We also uh, danced, background dance for uh, a local Detroit rapper, Alley Life, who was signed to, was formerly signed to Farm Club under uh, Interscope Records. And so, you know, at that time, we really thought we arrived like, oh my God, you know, that old saying, you're always one person to one from being famous and all you need is that yes, that one yes. And there were so many opportunities that, or situations as we would say that came to my, my door and I would step out thinking like, this is it, this is it. And what I learned along this journey thus far is that when you're trying to grab people and hold and take them with sometimes you lose your own momentum because you're trying to see what's going on with everybody else and then you miss out on what's going on with you. And so I started tapping into different things. You know, um, in my early 20s, I realized I love acting. Shout out to Jada Pinkett Smith, who is the reason why I became an actress. Um, my very first stage play was a play that was put on through Wayne County Community College, and it was called Black Pearls. And when I went to audition, I actually found this audition notice in the Metro Times paper. Shout out to the Metro Times. I love the Metro Times, even to this day. I went audition and the waitress that I was portraying, she had no lines. And so it was like, okay, you know, I, I was never, you know, I, that was, I was new to acting. I knew nothing about acting. Let's be clear. Nothing. Okay. Except what I saw on TV and movies and things like that. But for myself, did I take acting classes? No, none of that. So I went in and auditioned. And remind you, remember, I should say, let me remind you, there were no lines. And so <laughs> he was like, okay, so all you're going to do, Teresa, is you're going to go out and act like you're taking their order and then they'll deliver their lines and then you walk on off. I'm like, okay. So when I went out, I went out acting ghetto. I walked out and you know I had the little skirt on and the little boots this is when I was in my thinner days so I had the little pencil skirt on and I had these uh, knee high boots and I had the white dress shirt with the tie and the apron on and I went out and I was like can I take your order I was like hey like like I was flirting with the guy and then the the director was like cut cut I was like, I'm sorry. I was. He's like, no, that's good. You know what? That's good. That gives. Yeah, that's good. Keep that. Okay, let's take it from the top. I was like, oh, okay. So when I did that, and then uh, one time we went out during that rehearsal, and I did that, and then when the young lady was like, oh, I would like something, I did like a hand motion, like I'm not talking to you, and I was just like. Okay, and what do you want? You know what? You know, with an attitude or whatever. He was like, "I love it, I love it, I love it." And so when I did that performance, I was super excited because I went in doing a piece that had no lines and ended up with lines. And then I realized, like, I like theater. Like, I didn't know, right? So I was like, "Okay, I think I like this acting thing." And then not too long after, 
what is a beautiful story is that I auditioned again. I found it in the Metro Times paper. They were looking for uh, people to join the choir, of course, um, for Peerless Times. Now, mind you, um, there was a time when we had a singing group and our singing group was called Pure Pleasure. And it was a group um, that had there were five of us and we took pride on knowing that we were a multicultural group. And so we, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, my older son's crazy. Yeah, so we, we took pride in knowing we had a multicultural group. So we had um, myself, then we had, uh, which I'm African-American, duh. And then we had uh, Kelly. Kelly was our redhead, beautiful redhead. Then we had um, um Narianne, we call her Nikki. She was uh, a Syrian and Chaldean. Then we had, um, oh my God, her cousin. I can't remember. I think it was Charlotte. And Charlotte was a Syrian. Um, there was one other person. I can't remember the other room. See, myself, Kelly, Nikki, Charlotte. Hold on. Myself, Nikki, Charlotte, Kelly. There was one other singer. Because I remember we performed so many times, Seasons Change, by the group Expose. We used to do songs like that. We did songs like uh, Listen to Your Heart by Heart. We did Hold On by Invoke and by the Wilson Sisters. So we were an amazing singing group. That's something people don't know about me. And uh, I did background. I did lead a couple of times. And then we tapped over into rapping. We did three, five, seven. And we did JJ Fad a lot. And I still to this day perform Supersonic. That was like the thing. And you would have thought we was hood famous. And it was so amazing because back in the day, our group would get requested. You know, and I remember... Um, my sister Victoria she ended up dancing with us she never sang but she's always been a dancer and she started dancing at the tender age of five and so um, she danced her and Deanna Didi they danced for a female rapper called Just a Little Heavy and uh, they called her the brat though and so she was super dope I don't know what happened with her and we all was under the umbrella of Fade to Black Productions. Shout out to E Fade, Darnell Robinson, Q Storm, Dice. Oh my God, it was a family affair. It really was. Ace Casa, Real, rapper, female rapper, Shook, um, Fatal Beauty was the group that I ended up dancing for. My dance partner was Riri. Um, it was amazing. It was a great run. When we were fade to black we were deep we would go into different places and we performed all over the city and so I just kept on going 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 and I brought all that to you to let you know you don't give up on your dreams whatever it is you want to do sometimes we get sidetracked and like I said life will happen but we get sidetracked and we move in different directions but your passion is your passion and whatever you want to do we definitely want to remind each other that we're never too old to finish carrying out our goals. 
And sometimes the clock will tick and people will say, well, I'm out of time. You're not out of time until the body hits the ground six feet under or you go in that, uh, you know, you go in the go in the cremation form or whatever. That means you left this earth. But as long as you're here and you have a, a body that allows you to move, you have a, a voice box that allows you to speak, sing, rap, whatever. Do it. Don't let nobody stop you from chasing your dreams. Because at the end of the day, if you ever were to look back at your life and have any regrets, you should only be able to use one finger on your hand and say, I didn't do this because of, and that should be the thumb. The thumb should be the only finger a person uses to hold and place blame on someone saying, I didn't carry out my dream. I didn't carry out my goals in life. You can't blame people for what you didn't finish doing. When you get to a certain age, you are responsible for your choices. And we make everyday choices. And sometimes our choices are shitty. Let's be clear. Sometimes we make poor judgments. And that comes with growth. Hell, we're going to make mistakes. Why? It's called growing pain. We're learning as we go. I'm 47. I'm still learning. I still make mistakes. And I'm going to make them until I die. Hopefully it'll be many, 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 many years from now. But while I'm in my right mind and I got a, a function of body and active limbs, although sometimes like right now I'm in total pain, but I'm going to get it together because I got things to do. But I still chase my dreams. I'm one day going to work for Tyler Perry. He don't know it yet, but I keep letting him know. I, I send him little notes and reminders, not like a stalker, but like I post it and I say, hey, Mr. Perry, one day I'm going to work for you. And, you know, we're all one person away from knowing somebody. Right. Think about it. Me, I have had the pleasure of working with one of his leading ladies uh, that plays Victoria Franklin on The Oval. Kron Moore, amazing actress, serial entrepreneur, beautiful person inside and out, a really sweetheart. And she is living proof that if you keep believing in yourself and chasing your dreams, that you can accomplish it. And she has a story that I hope to have her come on my podcast in the near future to tell. I can't say it I could say it but I want her to share it because when she shared it with me it moved me and you know we kept in contact once she left Detroit and she ventured off to California then she ventured off to Atlanta and then it was just some things happened and she just tried different things and that that one yes we always tell people all you need is one person to say yes to you right you're gonna have many yeses but it's the one yes that could change your life for the better just like it's that one yes that could change your life for the worst because every yes is not the good yes for us see sometimes we pray and we waddle and we cry and we bitch and we moan that we didn't get to do this or we didn't get to do that and sometimes we're set up for the setup of being rescued from ourselves because we follow our ambitions sometimes into a corner Sometimes we follow our ambitions into a circle, a never ending circle. And I love to use this metaphor when I do public speaking engagements. I like to ask people, how many Freddy Krueger fans do we have out there? Have you ever seen Nightmare on Elm Street? Many people have. Now, have you seen one, two, three, four or whatever? That's totally up to you. But I always reference the one 
when they were driving and they were going in circles and going in circles. And I remember being a young kid before they said it in the movie. I was like, they already had done this. They've already went around here. Why they don't know that? And so they said it and they said, well, we're in a dream. We're in a nightmare. But see, sometimes in life we do that. We keep doing the same thing and we complain. We do the same thing and we complain. We do the same thing and we complain. And we have to stop and say, wait a minute, I've done this already. So in order to get something different, a different outcome, you got to try something different. You can't use the same regiment, the same routine and think you're going to get something different. Like what? That's like insanity. You would call a person like that crazy because it's kind of like you're 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 complaining and you're ready to go to the high priest about something you're doing, but you're doing it the same exact way. And if you expect change, change is not going to manifest itself like magic. Change comes with you changing. So that means changing the way you do something, changing your circle of people. You know that old saying, iron sharpens iron. You can't hang out with losers and think you're not going to become a loser. You can't hang out with a bunch of drunks and don't think that you can't eventually become a drunk. You can't hang out with drug users and don't think that you eventually can't become a drug user because those type of circles will always give you an open invitation to join them. And people don't always know that they're losing because they're circling themselves around losers, right? So when you see your fellow man, you see your fellow girl and you see them slipping, you owe them as a friend, as a family member, hey, you 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 messing up and nobody likes to be told they fucking up right and i know some of y'all are like oh my god tt you're cussing this is a top of the morning show your kids should not be listening at six o'clock in the morning but if they is it's truth i'm gonna walk in my truth right but we all mess up there are no perfect people and we have to be able to be accountable right there's that big ass word called accountability so we have to learn to be accountable for our actions we're gonna fall down on our face we're gonna bust our asses wide open but guess what when you realize you've messed up you stand up you plant your feet you dig your toes into the ground as a matter of fact take yourself outside Take your shoes off, your socks off, plant your feet in the grass and feel what the earth feels like beneath your feet, right? When I used to race, because I used to run track in high school, so there's a lot of things people don't know about me. So when I used to race and run track, I would I would get my bearings, right? It's like I would do this thing and it was funny because when my son ran track, I would see him do this little move and it would tickle me because I would think to myself, I used to do that same thing when I would get ready to race. And so it's kind of like, I don't know if that's a, 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 a thing that, you know track runners do or if it's just something but it was just like sometimes you see yourself and track wasn't my thing but I did it because it was something to do and I love to race I love to race right I, I would race anybody anywhere anytime I ain't care and so that was something I'm like oh you do it like mm, okay that's not my thing but I did it for a minute and went on to the next thing back up to where I am currently in today's time I continue to chase my dreams I continue to sharpen my iron and I'm gonna continue to do that every day nobody could have told me I was gonna become a podcaster right but I had a taste of it when I did radio shout out to Dodie Dodie Denise Johnson whoop whoop 
yeah, um, who actually gave me the golden opportunity when she was over at 9, 10 a.m. And we had a radio show called Girl Bye. We had a great listening audience. And I didn't realize I really enjoyed it, right? And people would say, you got a radio voice and things like that. I was like, oh, okay, thanks. And so when it was up, when we were done, it was kind of sad because I really enjoyed being on the radio and things like that. But I remember, and shout out to Courtney Benjamin um, for bringing podcasting to the forefront and, and putting that seed in the ground and really pouring into my podcast career because I knew nothing about podcasting, you know, and he brought it to my attention because I'm one of his assistants on his label and we were having a label meeting. And I tell this story a lot, but we were having a label meeting. I remember we were at a Starbucks in Bloomfield and we were talking about uh, an upcoming event and he had asked me if I ever heard of Spotify. Have I ever heard of Anchor.fm? And I'm like, no. And so... I mean, Spotify, yes, but Anchor.fm, no. And so he was telling me about podcasting and it's something I should try to look into. He think I'd be great at it. I'm like, well, you know, you got to have money. You got to do this. And then he let me know, like, it's free. I'm like, well, I don't have the equipment. I got it. He's like, you could do it from your phone. What else you got? So I was like, dang, okay, okay, okay. And so from there, it just kind of took off. And so I am who I am now because someone saw my potential. Someone saw something that I could do that I didn't see in myself. And we get discouraged. I know many people, it's been many a days, people say, I'm going to quit. I'm going to throw the whole career away. I'm not going to do this anymore because it's not making sense. Um, You know, I'm not good at this. I'm too old for this. And I look at it and I say, there was a time when I was that girl. I was in that position. I was at that place where I felt like, you know what? Um, Yeah, I'm going to quit. This isn't for me. This isn't my calling. Um, I probably should be doing something different. And I thank God that God didn't let me quit. And it was days I cried because I felt like I don't fit in. Like this ain't this ain't what I'm supposed to be doing because, you know, I, I've always been with a crew of people, groups. You know, I've always been with groups. And so, you know, it's hard work trying to have a big group. It really is. Because, of course, we all start out hungry and full and and ready to tackle the world and then we get to a place of laziness or we realize this ain't my thing and then you fall apart I've heard so many times different people's testimonies and their stories about when they were part of a group and things were going and it seemed like it was getting ready to take off and then somebody stopped somebody quit somebody got kicked out somebody decided they're gonna go solo or whatever and they never got to complete their dreams but I want to remind you whatever it is that God has given you as a talent no one has the right to stop you from growing in it by using it including you you don't have the right not to use your gift and your talent because your gift will make room for you how many successful people do we know in the world who are CEOs and CFOs entrepreneurs right that run their own organizations their own empires and they all had to start from somewhere but it was their goal and they could have had partners and then they ended up solo or they're doing it on their own but they kept going they didn't let life stop them And we're going to have disappointments. Oh, my God. We're going to have disappointments. But they're not going to break you. They'll help make you. 
Like later on tonight, I hope you'll tap in for Tap In Tuesday. I'm excited that I'm going to get to interview once again the talented, beautiful celebrity makeup artist Ashunta um, Ashunta Sharif Kendricks. I'm sorry. Let me say this correctly. Ashunta Sharif Kendricks. I'm going to be able to interview her. Amazing woman. When I tell you I've had a lot of people that told me no. And it was discouraging. Did I stop reaching out to people? No. Will I continue to reach out to people? Yes. And you remember what I said. All we need is that one yes. Right? And I have been a fan of her work. I would see her on, you know, um, segments on TV and magazines, social media, and just be admiring like, dang, like she beautiful herself, but she beats the faces of some of the most amazing people that we know in the industry. And so I was like, I wonder if she would do my podcast show. And I'm thinking like, this is before I had Tap In Tuesdays. This is when it was only Anchor.fm. There was no Spotify. I wasn't on iHeart Radio podcast. I wasn't on Amazon Music podcast. I was probably on Google Podcasts. But didn't know it. And so I reached out to her. And she told me yes. I cried. I cried because I thought to myself. And I get emotional even right at this moment when I think of this. But I thought how amazing someone of her caliber. She wasn't so bent on what's your numbers. She wasn't bent on what's your numbers. What's your audience? What's you know? She didn't she didn't worry about that. She gave me an opportunity. She said, "Yeah, she gave me an opportunity and she gave me her time." And I remember her husband uh, wasn't feeling too well. He was under the weather and she was, you know, being a wife. And uh she was like, "You know what?" Um, I'm going to get through this interview taking care of my husband and I told her to tell him thank you for letting me borrow you for this time because we ran over the the time you know um, she didn't try to rush me she she made me feel like I was just as important as someone from BET and I'm grateful if I was to never if I was to never be able to interview someone of her statue I would always be grateful for her because she gave me a yes. And not only did she give me a yes, she continued to speak life into me. We kept in contact and this has been over a year. She's watched me grow in my podcasting. She's <laughs> She's told me many times she's proud of me. She or she'll let me know. I see you, sis. And see, it's things like that that moves people like me. Because I could look and say, wow, like I'm I'm not on the caliber of what she's used to. You know? She can go on anybody's show she wants to. And I always look and say, she said, yeah, to TT from the D. A girl with a dream from the D. And then I've just, over the years, I look at people who've given me yeses. 
opportunities to work with them. I also remember those who looked down at me. I also remember those that counted me out. That's why I always say, hey, don't don't count out the underdog. You know? I, I reached out to someone. I won't even say their name. And um, they told me, they said, uh, yeah, I would do your show. Um, you got to reach out to my team. And um, they'll let you know, like, what needs to be done. And I'm like, oh, okay. I was so excited. I was so, like, I was so moved that I was able to communicate with this person. And then I made contact with the team. And the team was like, yeah, um, it's going to be 12 Gs. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm um, Wait a minute. 12 Gs to be on my show? And they were like, yeah. Because this person brings... Um, <laughs> And following, and I was like, I don't have 12 G's, you know. Um, but I was like, but you know what? Maybe one day in the future, when I get my numbers up, I become popular enough or syndicated, maybe that person will give me the shot. And I said, but I'm gonna stay, I'm not gonna be discouraged, I'm gonna stay in touch. And of course, they never responded to that reply, but it was just like, I cried. I did. I cried, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, because I thought I'm trying to do what I would love to do. And I'm building. I'm growing. I'm finding my niche. Everybody wants to be a podcaster. Not everybody, but a lot of people. Some people, you know, I've I've listened to a few podcasts and I'm thinking like, ah, you know, like, oh, no, you know, and you want to you want to encourage people, but you don't want to disrespect anyone. I always am mindful. I don't want anyone to ever feel like I'm looking down at them because I never will look down at people like, oh, you're beneath what I'm doing. No, I might be doing things different. That's all. I am compelled to want to tell people or not tell them, but give them advice on how they can do things a little bit different when I see potential. But I'm also careful not to offend anyone. So sometimes I won't say anything at all. Because you never know what's going to offend somebody, right? There's a difference in being offensive and giving constructive criticism. And I think once we learn the difference and how, you know, that old saying, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. When we're able to relay messages and information, I think it'll make us better people. But in the meantime, we just keep it moving. But before I go off and start getting ready for my work day... I just want to remind you that each and every one of us was gifted with gifts. And if you trust the process, your gift will make room for you. How you use your gift, where you use your gift, and who you allow to use your gift makes a difference. It will make the impact that's going to make you, hinder you, or break you. And let me be clear about this. You can't be so caught up on helping other people develop their gifts that you lose sight of your own gifts because you will no longer have your own agenda if you allow people to make you their agenda. Helping them with their agenda takes away sometimes from your agenda. 
It's a give and take relationship. If you're moving with people or in a circle of people and it's all about them, 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 and never about what they can do to help you or help you be better. Because I might have to sit my crown down and help you balance yours. You may have to sit your crown down and help me balance mine. I'm not going to feel like I'm not going to share this knowledge, this wisdom with someone because they're going to arrive at a place before me. Never will I feel that way. See, people have always poured into me. So in return, I feel it's my duty to always pay it forward to others that want it, that could use it, and definitely that need it when they can appreciate it. All right. So tonight, if you are able, go to www.streamyard.com forward slash Facebook at eight o'clock tonight. Tap in for my tap in Tuesday with Ashunta Sharif Kendricks. We're going to talk about her beauty line, Ashunta Sharif Beauty. We'll talk about some skincare regimens, do's and don'ts, some of the people she's worked with and much more. But in the meantime, I want to remind you, don't give up on your goal. Don't you give up on your dream. More importantly, don't you give up on yourself. You may have some good days. You may have some fast days. You may have some bad days. You may have some slow days. But every day is a new opportunity for you to get it right and do better than you did the day before. What we can't finish today grace mercy extended to us we should be able to pick up the next day if it's the lord's will so with that being said i want you to have a terrific tuesday make it do what it do and join us tomorrow morning for the top of the morning show right here at 6 a.m on spotify iheart radio podcast amazon music google podcast Always, TT from the D. I'll see you soon.